Are you ready? Yo. It's time, time to separate the man from the boy. And get down to the business of sport right here on the world famous Ginger's Perspective. Hello and welcome to Football 2 Plus 3 on this Monday morning after a dramatic weekend in the Barclays Premier League and just proving yet again why it is the most entertaining league in the world. Joining me as always, Mo, our football guru. And let me start off with some humble pie, Mo, and um, just say congratulations on your uh, title um, or your victory this weekend, rather. Let's let's start with that. And um, yeah, I, uh, I've been schooled this weekend. I've been schooled in fantasy football. Thank you, thank you. It's not every day you or every match day you beat the guy that's leading and running running away with a fantasy league uh, title. So it's a good it's a good thing. Yeah, I stupidly played the wild card. Decided that Andy Carroll was the man I needed up front. Lukaku was a bit quiet and he wasn't going to do much. And lo and behold, the Belgian international goes and scores four for Everton this weekend. So yeah, that's, that's, costly. That's the beauty of. Uh, that beauty of fantasy football, you never know what's going to happen. You know, you've got to just sometimes take a risk. You know, it could have worked out. Maybe Andy Carroll could have gotten four. Lukaku could have gotten nothing if you kept him. So it worked out in some people's favor. Yeah, interesting. I see that Andy Carroll's got a groin injury. Uh, so typical fashion for the West Ham striker. Great form, then gets injured and uh, not good. But anyway, good win for West Ham nonetheless over Southampton this weekend. But some surprise results, it must be said. I think Liverpool in question, and I know that we give Liverpool a hard time on the podcast, but they haven't won a game in 2017 in the Premier League yet. Surely there's cause for concern right now if you're Jurgen Klopp. Yeah, you should be concerned. I mean, they were were beating everybody left, right and centre. Uh, in 2016 <clears throat> and all of a sudden this year they're not looking so good they're sliding down the, uh, the table and I don't know maybe it comes down that he didn't sign any players maybe he should have or just I can't put my finger on it he's a good coach he's got good players I mean they don't just become bad players you know overnight so there's obviously something that's gone wrong there it's a strange one because you know, t- attacking options, he's got plenty. You think uh, they get to that sort of final third and they just can't create opportunities and, and finish them off. Whereas Hull City got their opportunities, put them away, and it counted three points. And it means now that their hopes of survival, you know, are boosted because it's a valuable three points at a time where points are very hard to come by for the Tigers. Yeah, Hull City, they've, uh, you know, they did a good thing appointing a new manager he's I mean he's he's done well so far I mean he managed to get a draw at Old Trafford you know beat Liverpool uh, okay they were unlucky in the cup I mean they lost marginally but he's done some good work there and he's definitely turning it around for them and who knows they could survive although I think uh, I'd prefer them to get relegated <laughs> one team that surprised us over the weekend along with Hull City Definitely Sunderland. I mean, Jermaine Defoe pops up, the fox in the box, grads two goals, and suddenly Crystal Palace have huge question marks next to them. Yeah, I mean, four first-half goals. I mean, uh, I don't know what Sam Allardyce must be thinking. 
uh, I expected them to at least beat uh, Sunderland. And it makes things interesting now at the bottom of the table. Eh? It's really hotting up between those teams up till 15th place at least. Definitely. I mean, it's I've got a, a mate of mine, Kenny, um, hardened Crystal Palace fan. He goes to Sellers Park in the home game, season ticket holder. He says he thinks they will be relegated. He says there's no fight. He believes that the players are, are, are not up for it. And even with 13, 12, 14 games left, whatever is left in the league now, he reckons Palace are gone. Um, and after that result, they have really... It looks like they have a soft underbelly and, and they're just soft. They're not, not interested in fighting to stay up. It's very sad. Uh, you, your thoughts? I mean, do you think Big Sam can still pull off a, a miracle? No, I don't think he'll manage to pull it off. Eh? You know, the teams that are slightly above them, uh, they have a bit of quality in them. The likes of Middlesbrough, Leicester, Swansea have been fighting well. So I think, you know, Palace will find it very difficult. Eh? They, 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 to me, they look like Sunderland dead and buried. Eh? Yeah, it does look like it's uh, an it's an ominous thing for Sam Allardyce, and uh, well, let's see what happens. But it's always interesting. Another team that will be very worried is Leicester City, and Claudio Ranieri has even said that he could potentially be sacked if it continues. And I mean, if you think about it, Leicester thrashed three nil by your team, Manchester United. Um, it means that they could be in for a serious, serious relegation battle here i know on the bbc website they've got an interesting stat he says this is the only the second time in the premier league history the relegation battle has been as tight as it is after close of play on february the 5th so you look at uh, back in 2009 newcastle united were, were 15th 24 points along with a whole host of other teams and newcastle went down but what worries me is that could we see the champions of England in the championship next season? It looks likely. It looks very likely. I mean, I read a stat that they haven't scored a goal in the Premier League in 2017. I mean, that's shocking as the champions. Last season, they were getting it from all over. I'd have to you know, lay blame at Claudio Ranieri. They won the league last season, not because only they were the best team. You know, All the other teams just didn't pitch up on the day, the, the usual suspects. And, you know, this season, I think he's been more focused on the Champions League. He's ignored the Premier League a bit. And it's been hard for them to bounce back. And also, I mean, he didn't go and sign a lot of players. He lost his main guy in Golokante. The guy ran the midfield for them. He lost him. And then he didn't sign anyone to really replace him. And that, that's, that looks like the reason why Leicester City are doing so bad. It also is interesting that Arsene Wenger said that he tried to sign in Colacante on, on a few occasions, and he's been the engine room of Chelsea. Say what you like, he has made a huge difference to Chelsea this season. Yeah, Arsene Wenger always is linked with somebody, but he never signs them, so I don't understand the point of that. Although the argument can be made that, I mean, there were players that he signed that no one had ever heard of before, and they became superstars. So, nonetheless, let's talk about Wenger, Mo, because... I know Gary Neville on on Sky Sports after the defeat to Chelsea, he says that Arsene Wenger is getting some unnecessary stick and he doesn't deserve to be abused. Let's have a quick listen to that and then you can give me your thoughts after we've we've heard what Gary Neville, Niall Quinn and Jamie Carragher had to say about Arsene Wenger. Arsene Wenger's biggest challenge is that he's been there such a long time and there's always that sort of grass is greener. If Arsene Wenger was Jurgen Klopp, 
and he was currently above Manchester City, above Liverpool, above Manchester United, that have spent nearly 150, 200 million quid between them, we'd be saying he's doing a great job. And I've thought about this a lot in the last 24 hours because I called a fan an idiot yesterday. And I stand by it because I think that when you bring a banner into the game before the match and against somebody who's achieving what he's achieving, at the start of the season, forget Arsene Wenger's the manager and Arsenal are there. And you could argue the profile of players would change if a new manager come in. They could end up in eighth or seventh Arsenal. If they, but with, could they not with, end up with the, with the budgets? They, could, they, they potentially could, but if, he, if Arsene Wenger was Jurgen Klopp now, we'd be saying, oh, he's doing a good job. He's because he's, cause he's, he's, eight, cause he's 18 months in. Actually, is Arsene Wenger not just doing a great job full stop? And I have to question that. I'm not saying... Look, at the end of the day, I, I walked out the Chelsea ground yesterday and there was a couple of these Arsenal fan TV camera things everywhere. And to be honest with you, it was embarrassing listening to it and watching it. I was watching Chelsea fans taking the mickey out of them, which was a little bit funny. But I was watching Arsenal fans slating and slanging into him. I thought, Joseph, he doesn't deserve that. All right, Mo, do you, you think that Wenger deserves this criticism? I mean, there was one fan with that sign that said it's time to go. I mean, there's rumours of a two-year deal on the table for Wenger. What do you think? No, I think I, I have to disagree with Gary Neville. I mean, Arsene Wenger, for like, what has it been, 12 years since they really won the Premier League? You know, it's time. At, at some point as a manager, you need to say, OK, I can't take this team any further. I've done the hard work. I mean, he's been under a lot of pressure over the years. I mean, Arsenal put their new stadium up. They couldn't sign a lot of players. He had to work around those things. But, you know, he's done good work over the years. But now it's time he needs to move on, you know, go chill out and, and let somebody with fresh ideas come into play. He's achieved phenomenal things, but it appears almost like, OK, fourth spot, we're happy with that. As long as we secure Champions League football and we don't really have title ambitions, if it happens, it happens. But we're seeing a typical Arsenal, season in, season out. They get to a point where they're firing and then February... End of Jan, February, they just start falling apart. Yeah, it, it happens every year. And, you know, like we say, you, he has to make up his mind. He's got doesn't have a long time left on his contract. Fairway him, step down. You know, you've done good work and let somebody else come in and bring in uh, something different. I mean, you look at look at Liverpool, look at Chelsea. They've, they've done differently and, they, you know, Chelsea are doing well. Okay, not Liverpool, but still, you know, it's time. At the same time, Wenger's consistently been in the Champions League. The revenue is good. He's not splashing the cash, but they haven't got a title. And I think that's the biggest thing, isn't it? That the fans want. They want to see the title at the Emirates. Yeah, the fans want that because, you know, they know that Arsenal have won it before. So, you know, they, 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 they expect that. It's the same like the Man United fans. They know that Man United should be winning or, you know, challenging for the title. And, and it's the Arsenal fans are the same. I mean, you, same with the Newcastle fans. You know you should be in the Premier League. So it's hard when you see your team not performing week in, week out, when you know they have that capacity. You're right. You're spot on. Spot on. So who would you install as the new Arsenal manager? Let's say Arsene Wenger says, I'm retiring, end of the season, that'll be me, I'm done. Who is the guy who steps in there? Oh, it's obvious. Pizzo Mosimani. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding now. I think it will be Diego Simeone from, I mean, he's done wonders with uh, Atletico Madrid, also, you know, on a small budget. I mean, he's produced some of the best, you know, strikers out there. And I think he's he's also shortened his contract. So he might be looking at uh, coming to the Premier League to test himself. 
I'm convinced these deals are done long time before anyone even gets wind of it. And he's probably said, okay, cool. Um, I'll go to Arsenal, but then I'm taking Griezmann with me. Uh, bring him along, please. Interesting. I mean, especially with the reports that Man United have already got a you know pre-agreement with them for him. It would be interesting. Eh? It would be very interesting to see what happens. It was a nice tug of war. <laughs> but they don't have what I like to call as a good old-fashioned striker that's hard, uh, bosses his way around. You know what I'm saying? You've got enough guys to create opportunities, to create chances. You look at Ozil, who came on within a minute uh, or two, header, Golski, you know. So I think they are potentially lacking one major striker. They, they tend to play this beautiful football at times and create chances. You need a hard man, like someone who gets stuck in and scores yeah, goals. That's what Giroud is there for, you know. He Ooh. gets goals. But is he, he's not hard though, is he? No, no, he's not that hard. No, he's not hard. Anyway, maybe that's a little bit old-fashioned from, from my side. We didn't even talk about that one. I mean, the way Chelsea just steamroller over Arsenal. Yeah. I mean, they, they, Chelsea were just, you know, well-oiled. I mean, that goal from uh, Eden Hazard, gee, what a goal. Wow, unbelievable. That, that's class. I mean, Definitely. He's got a fantastic eye for goal, and he's, he's just a skillful player. But, I mean, Ozil can do the same thing. He can. I don't understand why he did. You know, he wasn't expressing himself. It's almost like, you know, something's holding him back. Yes. And uh, you know, Arsenal—they should have given a, a more of a fight. But I mean, Chelsea were just on point on the day. I mean, you can't—you can't beat that. No, you can't. Let me throw a spanner in the works here. How much? We didn't see Alexis Sanchez. We didn't see Özil. Um, how much do you think those pending contract extensions, or or maybe holding back on a new contract? is playing a part in the form of Ozil and, and Sanchez at the moment? I think it's playing a big part. I mean, ever since it all came out, you know, that their contracts are up for renewal and stuff, their form is dipped, both of them. Big time. I, I think they're also looking at, you know, Wenger's situation. If he stays or if he goes, you know, they might be looking at that. And then obviously the whole Chinese league, or you know, there, there's all these variables, but we never know, you know. It, it's, it's a strange one. All right, let's talk about Manchester United. Um, very clinical at Leicester. Jose Mourinho seems to be a little bit happier than his, what was it, 28-second interview he gave just recently. Um, let's hear what he had to say, talking to the BBC after the clash, um, where they put the champions away and uh, heaped massive pressure on Claudio Ranieri. Jose, well done. How important was that? Yeah, really important for us. Um, we lost two points in... In the last match at home, we were um, three consecutive Premier League matches with um, with draws. We needed the points. Um, the performance was more of the same, more of the same. Uh, we play well. We are playing well. We are controlling matches. The performance was more of the same. All right, Mo Zlatan Ibrahimovic got a decisive goal. Well, it, I mean, it was pretty comfortable for Manchester United. I don't think. Uh, the champions uh, gave them much much to do, and it looked like one-way traffic. Yeah, it, look, it was uh, always going to be United to win. and uh, yeah, But then again, I wouldn't get too excited about beating Leicester. I mean, everybody beats Leicester these days. So, um, you know, United got to grind out results against the other teams, the likes, you know, when I mean, they drop points against Hull, uh, against Stoke. And those are the games that they need to start winning in order to, to get higher than sixth place. I mean, because they've been 
on this incredible run, but they still stuck in sixth position. Yeah, you're right. But then it's a good thing that Liverpool and Arsenal are slipping down a bit because I mean it gives it gives them uh, a chance to get in, close that gap. It does make it rather interesting, doesn't it? Um, in terms of the upcoming fixtures, uh, in terms of some of the teams, I know like if you look towards uh, this weekend. Um, I think the big one, Liverpool-Tottenham, that's happening on Saturday. Um, you know, Arsenal, get they're up against Hull, got to get past them. Manchester United have to get past Watford. Um, Crystal Palace, a huge one away to Stoke City. And then Swansea-Leicester on Sunday. Also, that's a, that could go a long way to decide where Leicester are in a few games' time come the relegation battle. Yeah, that's a massive one, and uh, we would have thought that uh, you know, if Swansea pick up a win there, you know they'll move right above Leicester, and then and if maybe Hull get a decent result, Leicester could be then in the bottom three. Yeah, it's quite, it's quite interesting how those two are. Uh, I mean, Renier is he just needs to regroup his players, and uh, you know, discuss what's wrong and move forward. Yeah. But then again, you know they've got the Champions League game coming up, so it's where where will his focus be? It's very difficult. I mean, you look at Middlesbrough, also 21 points in 15th spot, uh, all down to Sunderland, bottom spot, 19 points, along with Crystal Palace. Anything can still happen at this point. You can suddenly have a very tight relegation battle that sees the champions go down. Um, let's uh, quickly chat about fantasy football. This week, obviously, Lukaku fired. Um, there were a few players that, that surprised. I mean, if uh, you look at Man City's Jesus, um, the saviour of Pep at the moment, their new signing, two goals on the day, and um, fantasy managers will be thrilled with that. Yeah, he's, he's really made a, an instant impact. And uh, a lot of people, I think, should, should follow that trend, go with him, follow that trend, put him in your team. Uh, you know, but then who do you take out? This, I mean, so many... Zlatan's firing goals every week. You know, you've got Jermaine Defoe, you've got Lukaku. But I definitely go with Jesus. That boy is, is something special. And he, he's keeping Sergio Aguero, I mean, yeah. usually top of the fantasy league uh, goals, uh, points, least. He's keeping him out of the team. Yeah, out of so, business at the moment. I, I don't think that Pep will, will drop a guy who's you know scoring goals. I think we're going to have to leave it there. Unfortunately, running out of time. We'll obviously catch up again towards the end of the week. Uh, as we build up to this weekend's matches. But remember to check us out on iTunes, csduplicy.co.za. We're having a new website done, so in uh, the next few weeks we'll have something rather cool for you you can look forward to. Also on cliffcentral.com you can find the podcast. Mo, your parting words? As always, be champions. Thanks for listening to Football 2 Plus 3 right here on The Ginger's Perspective. Uh, please give us feedback. Feel free to uh, hit us up on social media at Football 2 Plus 3 on Twitter. And give us your thoughts. And uh, if you've got some interesting news, maybe a little bit of speculation, you want to get in on the banter, feel free to drop us a line. Thanks for listening. This has been Football 2 Plus 3. We'll catch you again next time.